Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. I almost hate to use the word educational. Charles Staley. And uh, I failed phys ed and English all the way through high school. Phil Stevens. I guess I'm kind of the, uh, the dark force here. And Rob Fortress Fortney. But there really is no secret. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. It's ironradio.org. I'm Rob Fortress Fortney, um, editor, former bodybuilder, and strength enthusiast. And welcome aboard, everybody. Charles Stanley, author of Muscle Logic, creator of Escalating Density Training, and um, competitive uh, master's category weightlifter. Uh, this is Phil Stevens, strength coach. Um, I guess the researcher that found fibromangina. I'm also the North American Highlander State Chair, which is all around nice guy. Um, and today with us, we've got uh, Coach Dose, uh, Robert Dose from Medios Dose. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, um, just want to get people familiar with you who, who maybe aren't. Um, Coach Dose, he's been involved in strength conditioning for more than 20 years. Um, after completing his football career at the University of California in 88, uh, he began training athletes. Has his master's degree in kinesiology at California State University, Northridge. Uh, been with the NSCS, NSCA as a CSCS since 1990, and uh, you recognize as the Strength and Conditioning Collegiate Coach of the Year, I think it was, um, in 2006. Yeah, and just a whole host of other stuff. Um, and currently, <laughs> you are coach at College of the Canyons in Santa Clara, California, correct? Uh, yeah, Santa Clarita, like Northern Los Angeles uh, County. Yeah, I'm sure I missed about 10,000 things on your bio there. Oh uh, no, man, that, sound, that sounded pretty good actually. I like that. <laughs> Kind of give people a rundown. Um, again, I mean, if I missed anything in that, feel free to throw it in. But um, like I said before, we just want to kind of give everybody a, a bit of a rundown about you before we get into the topic of the day. And um, just, I guess, start it off like we kind of normally do with everybody is how did you get interested in, in strength conditioning in the first place? You know, uh, I was pretty fortunate. You know, football has been really good to me. I always tell people it wasn't for football. You know, because I grew up pretty, you know, a fat kid and, and didn't really, what didn't excel at any sports. And I actually grew up, in, I, I was born in Hong Kong. So, you know, soccer and cricket and things like that. And I just wasn't very good at those things. And I was just really good at eating, really, and doing that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, when I got over here, you know, the big kid, you know, you're, you're going to be a lineman and learn how to do that kind of stuff and block and, you know, you know, yeah. nothing really fun. But kind of found my niche and through the shot put and things like that and got, got a little height. So I was able to uh, excel in football, and then and then got a scholarship to play at the Cal, the University of California, Berkeley, and uh, uh, had a great opportunity there to learn from my strength coach Robin Pound about kind of the, you know, who taught me it was, you know, there was really a science to all this, and uh, because prior to that I played at a junior college for two years for three semesters, two seasons, uh, and all I ever knew from weights was just kind of you know your standard bigger, faster, stronger stuff that we did in high school. And then the the gym rat guys, you know, the guys that were in the the body the budding bodybuilders, the the budding professional wrestlers, the hardcore guys. I mean, and that's where I learned squatting and deadlifting, all those kind of crazy things. But a lot of the stuff was pretty out there, you know, at the time even um, training. So when I got and structured and learned, you know, sound periodization and and implementing speed training and plyometrics and flexibility and all this kind of stuff, 
it really picked you know piqued my interest because it wasn't something that I, I just something that I did. It wasn't something that I really enjoyed learning about. I just did it because just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So it was really at that point that I graduated and I said I want to kind of pursue this a little bit more. So then that's when I got into uh, the, the science and digging into the biomechanics and, and get and kinesiology and um, and then getting my CSCS and getting in the field and learning from others and going and visiting people and going to conferences and stuff like that. And it's and honestly, till today, you know, you know, over 20 years later, uh, I still have just as much. Uh, I love going on, you know, and just like I say, you know, your guys' exploits. I watch so much video and read all the blog stuff and, and go to websites and see what people are doing because, you know, it's just one of those things where I think we're in a field that's awesome and that it's constantly evolving. You know, there's a lot of shit out there, but at the same time, there's a lot of really good good things that are going on. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's basically what, what, what can I use to make my, my program better and, and my individual training better based on what all you guys and other professionals are doing out there in the field. So I think it's a great uh, field that we're in. Um, you know, I, did, I don't regret it for a second, and, and it all basically stems back to just kind of my involvement. Like I said, in playing football, I probably never even went, would have went to college, you know, if, I, if it wasn't for that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much where, you know, where I am today and working uh, with with uh, the junior college athletes all kind of trying to get out and, and, and get Division One scholarships and so forth now. I think, I think I read a pretty neat section of I think it was something that Alwyn Cosgrove wrote about you the other day that, you know, you've been studying biomechanics, kinesiology longer than, than a lot of coaches nowadays have been even squatting, which, I mean, says a lot. <laughs> Good. But, uh, yeah, it's you know it's funny because I don't consider myself a, an old timer. I mean, guys like Charles and and Boyle and and, and Vern Gambetta, and I mean Rob Rogers—they've been doing it a lot longer than I have. But I think there's a kind of a new generation, you know, of the the kid that, that just comes out of school and and creates his website and has a product, and all of a sudden he's a fitness professional, you know. And uh, I, you know, I have, I have a few issues with that. I just think it's I just I just remember what I knew. You know, when I was 23, which is like nothing, you know, and then when I was, you know, you think you know everything at 23, you start realizing you don't know anything at 30, and then you start figuring shit out at 40, and I mean, I'm so much better at what I do today, and I'm sure Charles will say the same thing as well. We're so much hey, better wait, at what we do today than it was 10 years ago, you know. Wait till you get to 50, you'll have it mastered. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for that, because there's still all kinds of stuff I don't understand. Tongue-in-cheek, believe me, tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I mean, I think it's also interesting, it was something you brought up earlier, it's overwhelming the amount of, I guess, higher-level coaches that either started out as the, the fat kid or the skinny nerd. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that funny? It's just, I, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, it's just, it, things things kind of fall in place and happen for reasons, and um, I just can't picture myself doing anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in college, I, my first thing was I wanted to be an elementary school teacher, and uh, because I really thought that would be, you know, you could really touch a lot of lives and things like that. And when I got out, I got my uh, my little substitute credential deal, and I was going to grad school, and I got a uh, long-term second grade one week straight, Monday through Friday. Friday afternoon, man, I was like, no, I am not doing this. It was a, it was the most crazy, hectic, unbelievable. I mean, you, I appreciate so much what those teachers do at that level that I would never want to do that again in my life. And it was it was it was really, really rough and really stressful. I'll take three hundred athletes a day, every day over that. There's there's no there's no comparison in my mind. So yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy where <laughs> where I am right now. 
speaking of that, I mean, I was reading an article on on you the other day, an interview that I think it was one of your interns did with you, and they were talking about your your coaching style was kind of like uh, they likened it to a, an erupting volcano from the start to finish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to enlighten us on that? You know, um, I'm, 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 I like to say it's it's it's, it's passion. You know, <laughs> if you ask my athletes, they 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 they'll probably just think I'm just nuts, but um, I have a unique situation at my place, and uh, it's different than than somebody that's say like a Division One strength coach or a professional level strength coach uh, or even a high school strength coach. So I've got these kids uh, that are there for a short period of time. Some are only there for three semesters with me, depending on what time they you know when they come in late in the summer or whatever. So I don't have a lot of time to get them ready to go, um, and they're all with us. Some of them are Division One. You know, athletes that just don't have the grades. Some don't aren't have the grades, but they just don't have the athleticism yet, or you know, they've got some potential there. So um, they're also, you know, I think you know anybody's involved with our place or junior college athletics. There's a lot of knuckleheads, and so we 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 just try to really kind of shape and mold people and build a work ethic. And sometimes it, it takes a lot of tough love. So I think in our in our situation, I think. People come to our place at College of the Canes. They they know what they're getting into. All of our all of our coaches lay that out pretty well to the recruits when they're coming in, saying, "Hey, there's this guy that's going to be working with you and doing your conditioning and doing your weights and all this stuff, um, and he, he's going to demand, you know, he's going to get after it pretty hard. He's going to demand." So I think you know everybody's on the same page and it works out well. But I have a hard time sleeping at night if I go home and I think that I didn't coach as hard as I could have that day, or if I. You know, I disappoint myself sometimes if I, you know, uh, feel like I didn't quite push the envelope enough that day, or I, maybe if, if I would have got done a little bit, got a little longer in this drill, or a little harder, and my expectations were higher, that kid could have gotten better. So I, I, it's just those little things, and I, 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 I tell myself this all the time because over the years I seem to have mellowed a little bit, but I still have that that feeling, you know. And I think once I lose that feeling, that's probably going to be a pretty good. Uh, time to kind of step out of there, I think, because I don't think I'll be nearly as effective uh, if I don't have that 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 same kind of passion for it, or that same kind of anxiety that I feel sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night, going, "Shit, why didn't I do this?" You know, with that volleyball group today or something. You know, so um, that's you know that, that's that's why I love what I do, though. You know, as soon as I stop loving it, I'm, I'll be out. And I'll go do some kind of internet sales or something. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What are your current coaching commitments then? I mean, what do you guys got going on right now? Uh, right now, we, you know, we're 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 you know about two thirds way through our spring, so we've got uh, you know like our softball team, baseball team getting ready for playoffs. We've got kind of postseason finished, you know, get back started again with our two basketball teams. Uh, football is, takes the most of our time. Football is pretty high profile at our place, so you know it's a good eight eight ten hours a week with those guys. Um, Base, like I said, baseball's got a large group. We've got track athletes. We've got, we've got, uh, you know, basically all of our sport teams that go through every day. And, um, different schedules each day, uh, but uh, and then I've got also some regular teaching as well. You know, like with our kinesiology major that we have for our uh, AA degree. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much uh, it's 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 it's, a, it's usually pretty eventful every day. Fridays is our is our real light day. We don't really have classes on Friday at our place, so. We have a couple of groups that normally would meet. Uh, we'll go out and get in the sand pit or do some strongman and stuff like that with the soccer teams and the basketball teams today. Nice. Um, well, we might as well get to this, too, um, because it's going to segue great into the topic of the day. 
Um, for those who don't know, uh, you're a vegan. You have been for, what, 18, 20 years? Yeah, a, a little over 20 years now, yeah. What what led to you taking that choice? Um, you know what's funny, uh, you know, when because I, I played it when I played football at, at, at Cal, I was uh, you know I was playing around 300 pounds, and and everybody and and I mean if you told me to go run you know 20 timed hundreds and five half gassers and run stadiums, I would do it. But if you said go out and jog a mile, I would I, I would kill myself. There's no way I could ever do it. So. I just set some goals somewhere myself to drop that weight because everybody said, oh, my God, you're gonna, they're going to be cutting you out of your house in 10 years. You know, you're going to be on the learning channel and stuff like that. Uh, you're going to be the world's fattest man. Um, so it was, what, you know, it was one of those things. And actually what's funny, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but most of the ex-football players that I know that were linemen are very fit and lean. And most of the skill guys, the quarterbacks, and the receivers, they're all the fat guys now. It was just really kind of funny to me, you know. But uh, I think it's just we just get ribs so much that that's 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 the end of that. But when I got done, I started kind of t- tweaking my diet. So when I when I got out, I, I right away, right when I graduated, just started playing around with different types of diets. And understand back then, this is like eighty eight, eighty nine. That was like the low fat era. I mean, if you could get your fat grams in the in the single digits, you were right on right on course. You know, for a guy that's eating four thousand calories a day, you're getting to ten grams of fat. It's pretty impressive, you know. So uh, we were doing all that crazy kind of stuff, and then I just, at one point, I never ate fish. Um, I just said, you know, I'm going to try this just to kind of, just somebody had kind of challenged me, and I said, I can go without without doing the meat thing, and I did it, and I ended up gaining like eight pounds off of all the weight that I had lost from changing my exercise and stuff like that, because I just started substituting cheese and dairy, you know, instead of everything else, and I was actually just bumping my calories up. So I kind of... You know, I'm from Berkeley, you know, so you've got a lot, you know, the granola tree huggery thing. Um, so I had roommates that were really in tune with a lot of the animal rights stuff. So I just started, you know, kind of delving back into that and and, and reading and, 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 you know, kind of seeing that whole viewpoint. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try to make a change uh, just from an ethical standpoint. It's not going to work. It'll never happen. I'll never be able to stick with it, but let's see, see how long I can go. So just cold turkey one day, I think it was in November, uh, in '89 or somewhere on that time, and I and it just and I'm, and I've never done it. I've never gone back. I've never had, had a single animal product since that time. And, uh, and back then it was very difficult. You know, back then the first ten years uh, that you couldn't go out, it was very difficult to go out and eat and, and get anything to eat. Uh, there wasn't uh, any real education as far as how we should be eating. So it's probably eating pretty pretty poorly for a long time until you know people really started getting out there and, and playing around with the with the vegetarian and, you know, the meatless kind of diet. So that's kind of where it started, basically started from ethical reasons. I don't think that you can really stick on a vegan, vegan diet if, unless it is for that those reasons. It's just too easy uh, to, to not do it, and it's also too difficult to do it all the time unless it's something that is kind of standing for something, you know. That's, that's pretty much where I am right now. Gotcha. And just to clarify for people, I mean, how many of your the, – the people you coach or have have been vegans as well? You know, I haven't had a lot of vegan athletes um, uh, throughout the years. I've had a, a, a handful of vegetarian athletes, that usually usually uh, females who just don't like to eat a lot of meat and then would start to, uh, you know, investigate, you know, how, how to eat well with that. We have a dietitian on campus, actually. We have a – one of the, we're like the only junior college in the country that has one that's full-time. Uh, she happens to be a vegetarian. She doesn't necessarily promote it, but 
when kids are, it's, it's just a good resource for us because when kids are interested in that, she's she's pretty well versed in it. So um, I haven't had a whole lot. I'd say probably over the course of all the years, maybe 20 or 25 total that have really kind of played around with the vegetarian diet. Not a lot of real, not a lot of uh, vegans really out there. Um, the population is quite small, and and you know when, when I think about like in the professional ranks and things like that. You're almost kind of looking for one as a as a as a uh, uh, example, and just the latest one is like Jake Shields, who's actually moved to the top, you know, three or four in his weight class in MMA, who's basically been a life lifelong vegetarian, was brought up, you know, with his parents that way, and, um, yeah. and is obviously very successful. No, I mean, I'll just bring that up because I just want to know if people know you're you're not like a jaded guy. You're not just going to train, you know, this person or that person. You know, you're open minded and, and and you know, will make anybody strong. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 and that's the thing. Uh, you know, Alan Cosgrove, he calls me the world's worst vegan. He, you know, he, he, he uh, because I, you know, I just do what I do, and he's like, you never tell anybody about it, or you never really say anything. And you know, my whole thing is that, you know, if I'm going to go out to eat with you guys or have a beer, and so I it's not soap. You know, for me, it's not soapbox time. If we want to, people want to bring it up and talk about why I do it, I have no problem with that. But at the same time, I never felt like I've always kind of cringed when I see. People that are that come out and, and just and just berate other people because they eat meat. And things like that. To me, that's just it's just it's strange. So I, I think we all have different ways of thinking and different ways of doing things. So you know, I, I, I would I would have a I, I would I would never say that to a meat eater. You know, and I would assume, although I do get it from meat eaters, which is kind of funny, but uh, not a lot. But I do get it, uh, like on the internet and stuff like that. You know, the people. Um, that's one thing I, I never understood. I mean, it seems that there, there's two classes, and any any diet change I've been on, which has been many over the years, going from 320 down to 165 or whatever, it, it's it's one of two things. It's usually people have a more of a problem with what you're eating than you do, which really, yeah, I don't understand that. It's like, well, I don't yeah. have a problem. Why do you? Or and then the other one I don't understand is people that are like. Uh, they're trying to get others to do what they are, and it's like they're passionate. It's like, well, you know, let me be me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, like I, you know, and, and I don't know how you are, but I get turned off when if somebody comes at me that way. You know, it might be something that maybe I might investigate, but you might have just turned me off to investigating it. If you're going to sit there at the dinner table and tell me that I should be eating, do it, doing this, or you know, what you're doing in the environment with this. I mean, to, to me, it's just kind of just strange. Obviously, I've got a set of beliefs, and I do it, and I feel like. You know, I'm playing a role in doing the right thing in terms of what I believe. But at the same time, you know, I did a thing. Uh, they did a thing in men's health, and it was like what the coach eats or something. And it was like they would just pick a trainer and just here's their favorite meal or their typical meal. And I yeah. threw up a, a vegan. It was a vegan meal. It was a stir fry with uh, seitan or you know uh, wheat meat wheat gluten and uh, as a meat substitute and lentils and all this kind of other. I mean, just subtract out the the the, the fake meat. And it was basically a veggie stir fry, and I just started getting hammered on there. And people <laughs> just hammering me about how terrible that is that I'm doing that, and uh, you know it's a myth about the you know the environmental impact. It's a myth, you know all this stuff. And I was like, wow, it just really tends to polarize some people. I guess I, I don't know why that is, but man, I mean, if that's like the 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 toughest part of your day or the most important thing that you can get on the internet about. I mean, that's, I don't know, man, I got a lot of shit going on all day. You know, I don't have, I don't have to really have time to, to argue about that kind of stuff or even worry about that kind of stuff to, for the most part. I mean, I think, I think 
if, if I've learned one thing over the years, it's just lead by example. And if people want to follow, fine. And if there's no point in trying to tell somebody to do something. Let them come to you. And if somebody asks oh, me yeah. what I do, then fine. But other than that, you're just wasting your time and theirs. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I have kids that I've trained, you know, say 12 years ago, and, I, and we've stayed friends, blah blah blah. And they'll come to me, you know, literally weeks ago. Hey, I didn't know you were a vegetarian. You know, it's not even something. I mean, when when does that really come up? And you know, when you're training something, when does that come up? For the most part, uh, does does what I eat come up? It's you know, we talk about what they eat and how they're gonna you know, give me your three day log and let's let's play around with it. So yeah. it's it's just kind of funny, but um, you know, some people will say that you know, vegans and, and people that are kind of promoting that lifestyle will say, oh, you've got all these opportunities. Why don't you use these opportunities? And to me, that's just that's almost solicitation. I just I just think it, it, it cheapens it. You know, if somebody wants to uh, learn about it, I'm there. They want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. But I'm not gonna. Really like you said, if you're not focusing on them, it's just gonna turn them off. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, uh, what 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 do you think the hardest thing is if, if somebody's trying to make that change? What, what's the biggest mistake, maybe, or the hardest thing? Either one of them. The hard part is that, you know the first thing that people people go oh my god you you don't know, and they'll say I could never do that I just love my steak too much or something like that and I'm like you don't understand like how I grew up I mean I grew up eating anything and everything I mean pork chops I mean there wasn't a week where we didn't have pork chops twice and and steak and eggs for breakfast I mean that's probably why I was so gigantic when I grew up but but all through college when I was weighing all that and you know, I'd come home on the weekends, and uh, my mom would just go nuts and just cook me every, you know, every type of carcass she could imagine, you know. And, uh, I mean, I've had my share, you know, my fair share. And, and I, and it's funny, you know, I'll, I'll walk by a barbecue, and I'll be like, that smells good. You know, some people will be like, oh, doesn't that just gross you out watching me eat this? And I'm like, no, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it's one of those things where I can appreciate it. It tasted great. It would still taste great today, I'm sure. You know, so it's just one of those things where it's just something I don't do. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part for people is they don't understand it. And it, it it would be. It would be extremely hard if you just did it for the sake of doing it. You know, you'd never be able to stick to it. There's just way too many temptations out there, and there's way too many great smelling, tasting, looking things out there uh, that unless it's, it's you know, doing it for, for some kind of reason, you know, that you have something that you're standing for that there's no way. So uh, that's the hardest part, I think. Uh, is to make for somebody to make that jump. It's just got to be a reason. I think going vegan, just for the sake of going vegan, it, it's 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 you're gonna fail. It's a, just a license to fail right away. But at the same time, maybe it's you know maybe it's something you're gonna start cutting back on your red meat. Maybe it's something you want to you know change and start cutting back your dairy. I don't you know I don't know. It, it's whatever whatever you're doing it, but just you know you should have a reason why you're doing it. If your dietitian is telling you this or uh, maybe you're you're trying to change, transform your body, and maybe we got to shift things around. Got to be a reason why you're doing that. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's just too easy to to just go nuts and eat anything and everything. Essentially, if there's a, if there's a mistake that people make dietary wise, well, what do you think it might be? Well, like, like when going vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think they don't plan it out. So then you got then you've got the really unhealthy vegetarian thing, you know, the per person that's going to wake up in the morning and, and uh, say, you know, if they are eating, you know, you know, they'll eat a bowl of cereal with, with soy milk and then they'll, they'll eat pasta with tomato sauce and then they'll, and they won't have any concept of, you know, eating well and whole grains and beans and legumes and 
uh, complete proteins and stuff like that. I think that that it's it's not something you want to jump into without investigating a little bit. And I think there's a lot of resources now out there for for people, uh, especially compared to when I started. But um, you know, I think that's the biggest mistake that people make is just they just go into this giant carb feast, you know, of everything, and then they wonder why you know they're 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 not looking different, they're not feeling different, they're not you know thriving in their exercise and things like that. I think I've noticed the people who've done it successfully, I mean, they like they really make an asserted effort to get the right stuff and, you know, their dietary fat intake, their, their protein intake and this and that. It's not just jumping in and going willy-nilly on just, okay, I'm going to eat these vegetables and these carbs and this and that. Just, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's really easy to do it poorly, you know, and yeah. then, and then not, not understanding, you know, supplements and things like that that you're probably going to want to look into as well. So it's just... You know, it's 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 a it's complicated to an extent. It's 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 not. It's definitely once again. It's just to me being the world's worst vegan. I'm just I'm laying it out there. I'm saying it's not easy and it's yeah. uh, inconvenient. Uh, you know, you travel at all. You know, when you're when you're out there and about, there's certain certain parts of the world where you go travel that where it's a pain in the ass. I mean, we just went down to Mexico and uh, we're down there next stop, but down you know deep down there near Acapulco and. Terrible. I mean, we're, we we were having a hard time for that the five days that we were on this resort. There just wasn't much for us to eat there. So, um, you know, you eat a lot of salads and you're eating a ton of ton of you know potatoes and, and rice. And it's just it's it's one of those things where it's not optimal. But then again, you might have people that are eating like that when they have other options at home. You know. Yeah. So at home, we you know at home it's a lot better in certain parts of the world, Europe and uh, places like that, and Hong Kong, places that we've traveled. Uh, there, there's plenty of things that we can eat. So. I just just want to touch on on all that and get everybody a good background before we move to the topic of the day. But sure. um, what do you have going on now? What, what do you have coming up for your fans? Look forward to new and old. Uh, any anything exciting on the cusp? No, I'm boring. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, I had to, I had men's health power training that came out uh, not long after uh, Charles's book. Um, that that did really really well, and. Uh, from that, we we did the springboard off of that, uh, off of one of the chapters, which was the cardio strength kind of metabolic stuff, and that's what the cardio strength training book that got released uh, right before Christmas this past year was, and that thing is is doing super super duper well. Um, because of that, uh, you know, we, we've get, we've got some stuff. We've got a Facebook fan page and trying to create more of a web presence for that because there's a lot of people with questions, and and, and we're starting to do a lot of uh, things. For that, like workouts of the day, video workouts of the day, and interviews with professionals, things like that. So, the one the one main thing that I got going, other than obviously my job at work, is uh, kind of doing most of my spare time. We're trying to revamp my website. We're going to cre- we're creating a membership site, a pretty affordable membership site, where uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, great great deals on there, like the workouts of the days and some of the interview things that we do. We do a little thing called snatches and beer, which is kind of like a fun little. Uh, real casual interviews over beers with with different fitness pros, um, uh, you know, a huge extensive high def uh, you know video uh, library of exercises in all the categories that we have uh, from the power training book and then also obviously all the TRX stuff and things that we would do body weight stuff for the metabolic stuff. So that's really all I got going right now, uh, and then just getting ready to get out and, and kind of do a few more um, just seminars and things like that here and there. I'm on the Perform Better Summit. Um, got a couple stops there. Um, and that's really about it, you know, uh, for, until the summertime. The summertime gets a little pretty busy 
yeah. for us that went to school with with football and, and the and the fall sports really starting to rev back up. So uh, this time in the spring is usually when I get out and and do some staff trainings and and, and bounce around and visit some people and stuff as well. Just so everybody, they can they can find the link to to Dose's site right on the the landing page you're on now, CoachDose.com. Um, so you, cool. so you're not coming out with a hardcore vegetarian diet ebook or anything? <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I don't. You know, if I if I if I was able to hook up with uh, uh, with some with a, like like if Mike Roussel, who's done the nutrition chapter for both of my books, if he if he wanted to do something with me on that and 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 felt like that was something that there was a market for, I, I would I would do that. I mean, I think it's it's cool and I and I I, I think it's interesting, you know, to, to see to see that side. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a market for it. I know people are trying to create a market for it, so I don't know uh, if that's something that I wouldn't, you know, write that off. I think that's something that I could yeah. do. It wouldn't be anything like crazy or anything like that. It would just be more like, you know, like a, here's an option to what you might, you know, think about, you know, putting in your uh, your pocket. I'm going to hit this topic track now because that'll kind of lead us right into that, and uh, then we can discuss the topic. So. Okay, um, you know we were talking the other day, and like like Doug just said, he's kind of he's been a strength coach for over twenty years, and also a, a vegan. But uh, you know, brought up the topic trying to figure out something to talk about, and, and you brought up vegetarian and how it's kind of uh, in vogue for fitness pros now. Um, I thought that'd be great because I think we've all noticed that, and especially about a month ago. It seemed about eighteen people came out with something all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. and uh... I don't know, like, um, like I, I would understand it if if I did it, and I'm yeah. not maybe you know maybe I just lived it, you know, for this amount of time. Um, but when it's somebody that's hey, I'm gonna go on a um, kind of a experiment. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I read all this stuff. Like when Berardi did it, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, but you're also talking about a guy that knows as much or more about nutrition than just about anybody. So yeah. he he had it so dialed in, you know, so perfectly, and everything was was to the to the T. Uh, and he would lay out, you know, sh- you know, I don't know if you saw any of that stuff, but he would take photos of his of his groceries and his list and all that kind of stuff. And it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, cool stuff. Uh, and then he, you know, his findings were, you know, he was able to increase lean body mass and all that kind of stuff. And I think that 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 painted a pretty good picture or positive picture in that, and that we, you know, when when it's done correctly. Um, yeah. You're able to 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 do that, and and, and my friend Jason Ferugia, uh did it, you know, uh, several years ago. Made the the change uh, for the ethical reasons, I believe, and um, you know he's able to to do what he does, and I do what I do, and train hard and everything else too. So um, I think that uh, you know, but but a lot of times there's a mark, you know, there's so much stuff out there that's getting marketed, and I think that that's one of those untapped. I don't know, maybe it's tapped now. I don't know, but. Um, but it's pretty much untapped, you know. And I know Tony Gonzalez and his and his dietitian came out um, with their book on on when he made that that transformation, that change to the flex flexitarian or whatever they call them now, which is essentially, when you think about it, how most people should probably eat, you know, just kind of eating really well rounded, you know, not 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 uh, highlighting on one thing and 
and uh, you know eating more more plant based products for the most part, and then being really selective and in, in, in especially when you're choosing the types of meats that you're going to eat uh, as far as organic or grass fed and stuff like that. But um, you know he came out with that book and that's kind of a little more mainstream now with a with a big published book. I think that you know the tendency in this industry, whether it's fitness or nutrition, is to try to find that niche. You know, if you could find that niche and 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 uh, make a few bucks, I guess that's that's kind of really the the goal for most people. Um, I don't really I don't really go with that. I have a hard time even uh, doing affiliate stuff with things that I really don't believe in. Uh, so so you know, but to each his own, I guess. If you're out there and you and you see that stuff, I my whole thing is if you're gonna follow the guidelines for somebody who's touting like a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle and um, and how they've thrived. I think the first question is how long have you thrived for it, you know, on that on that kind of diet. That's that's that yeah, would be my I, kind of time. It's pretty it's funny and almost disgusting. You see you see kind yeah. of the all the little pilot fish that are hanging onto the shark and they all yeah. start to do the same thing. And uh you know, I mean, we, me and Charles had the same problem. You know, we had all of a sudden an affiliate wanted us to put out and, and pimp a vegetarian book. And it's like, it, it would be wrong of us. <laughs> you know? Right. We could have a few dollars, but it was like, and, you know, neither of us do this. We both are big into eating meat and, and training hard, and that's our thing. But yet yeah. you see, you know, 50 people, you know, Berardi came out with his thing and, and Tony Gonzalez and all that. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, there's 700 people with, Freaking two-page ebooks. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, hey, I'm I just logged in here. I just want to interject. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to this stuff, you know, it's funny how you know things come full circle because I, I don't know if you guys remember, but when I was growing up, like in with bodybuilding and stuff in the '80s, there was a, a vegetarian bodybuilder named Andreas Colling, and he was in yeah. all the magazines and and you know, so it's funny to hear that you know, all this stuff is going on and how popular it is because this stuff is, of course, been around for a really long time with even professional bodybuilders who could, uh, were really demonstrating that you could be huge, you know, on vegetable yeah. proteins. And if you look at the research, like Mark Tarnopolsky's group, which, of course, is world-renowned and highly mm -hmm. productive, they actually did some work looking at uh, meat versus non-meat protein sources. And one of the outshoots of that study was that the meat eaters actually were outgrowing the non-meat eaters, and that caused a lot of speculation about maybe it's some of the zoochemicals. You know, you hear about phytochemicals, but what about zoochemicals right. like creatine or uh, carnosine, you know? Now, not carnitine, right, but carnosine, which right. is sort of a muscle acidity buffer and, and whatnot. But then another arm of that same project basically said there was really no difference. So... Uh, I, I think it sort of comes down to complete proteins. And you know what? I can't remember, uh, Robert. Did now you're not a, a vegan or a vegetarian, or are you? I, I'm a vegan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I'll tell you what I teach is, you know, what Bill, you were just saying, you and Charles had some issues with people who, uh, you know, wanted you to write a book that you didn't necessarily agree with. Uh, what I generally teach in the classroom is that um, vegetarianism. Uh, even veganism, of course, which is a little bit stricter still because, you, you know, you, you're not a lacto-ovo-vegetarian or something like that. But it can be done very well, and those populations in general even seem to live a bit longer. Um, but it has to be done – it's not easy, right? It has to be done very cleverly. And you guys may, may have already covered this, but 
yeah. You really got to plan that. that stuff, right? You know, I, I see college, these young college girls, and they're, you know, for ethical reasons, they say, okay, I'm I'm a vegan now. And it's like, oh, honey, there's a lot you got to plan here, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. We actually get that. We get that a lot with a lot of our female athletes who do the same thing. I'm just not into meat, and I want to do the right thing. And so it's Doritos and a Diet Coke for lunch before training. And, I mean, and, and, and then they're going to eat the pasta with the marinara sauce for dinner, and, and that's going to be it, maybe have an apple. So, I, yeah, there's a lot of planning involved, definitely. But, you know, going back to your bodybuilding, that's a good point because Bill Pearl was one of the pioneers of that whole thing and, and you know, one of the most popular bodybuilders ever. Sure, he's been uh, on the show. He actually, yeah, and he, and he actually, you know, just lit the fire for a lot of people to try that, and that was a long time ago. That was far before... <laughs> before I was uh, even in you college. Know, so. You know, if I could jump into this real quick as well, you know, what, I think a huge take-home lesson here that I've heard a million times from my friend uh, Mauro Di Pasquale, who actually is an advocate more for carnivorism, but, you know, regardless of where your beliefs fall in terms of the carnivore to vegan kind of uh, uh, spectrum, I think all of us would agree that, you know, the body is amazingly adaptable. And, and to me, yeah. that's really the take-home lesson because when you look at guys like Bill Pearl and Colling, I mean, they did this as vegetarians, and and you might you might not think that that's the the correct way to eat or or whatever, but you you can't really uh, deny that that it can be done. So the adaptability of of the human body is is amazing when it when, when you really consider that. That's a great oh, point. Yeah. I think the other take-home message too is if you if if you're not training. If you're not a marathon runner or training marathon runners, don't write me a book about how to do it or try to sell it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's just, well, it's just it, sick. But um, I think, like you know, take, you guys, this is kind of taking off totally on, on veganism and vegetarianism. Um, fat intake, how important do you find that? And do you find that a fault in, in many people's approach? You know, like I said, I, I kind of grew up and started actually looking at my diet in the worst time period in the history of the world, you know, with yeah. the whole, with the fat phobic thing. And it made me a fat phobic for many years. I mean, I remember I, I loved avocado so much and I would not eat it, man. I would not eat it because I just thought oh. it would make, make me fat. Now I just can't get enough of that stuff, man. And it's uh, it's funny, but I think that I still think we still have that. We, there's still definitely in the general population out there, and even with my athletes and kids, that just have, they have no idea to eat. College students in general just have no idea to eat, and uh, our athletes probably worse because the demands are even more. They need to they need to eat better and they need to eat more, uh, especially my females, and they and they don't. But I think um, th- there's a there's there's that fat link, you know, that in their mind, the combination of the you know the fat that I eat is the fat that's going to show up on my thighs, kind of thing. So. Um, that's that's a, that's going to be a common mistake, especially with my kids, uh, my females, my guys. For the most part, you know, we have to worry about our big guys not getting too heavy. <clears throat> but uh, but it, on our on our kids that we want to gain weight, you know, uh, we also we get that too. We want that we want them to eat, get fat and things like that. And sometimes they they don't because they don't understand it. They're like, I want to get big, I don't want to get fatter. You know. Yeah, um, I, mean, I just know. I, I mean, I've kind of seen it both ways. Um, people going vegetarian or vegan and then also people going going low carb and of course you know a lot of foods what screw up is either group seems to have this this fault of they, they dismiss how important fats are. <laughs> yeah. Then you get screwed up. I mean it's, I think to me the resounding theme across any diet you're on 
because you need your freaking facts. There's so much research that shows how important they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what? I mean, whether you're going to maintain sex hormone concentrations, I think a lot of young guys don't realize this, but there's several papers about you really need to eat somewhere between 80 and 100 grams a day of fat or so to maintain testosterone levels. If you eat a very low-fat, high-fiber diet, and you know that would be possible with veganism, of course, not necessarily, mm-hmm. but it could be possible, you can have a drop of 10 15% in your testosterone levels, and, you know, for natural guys, that's not going to help. I mean, that's just not going to help with recovery or aggressiveness or anything else. I mean, right. admittedly, fluctuations within the normal range of testosterone are not going to make you a, a pro bodybuilder or not. That's for sure. But still, who wants to lose testosterone levels at all? You know, I mean, if you're a natural guy, I say hang on to every nanogram you got. So, yeah. you know, you I mean, need that. And kind I of had stuff. great luck. When I initially went from, I mean, I kind of took the opposite approach that the dose did. Well, I was 320 pounds and made a decision one day, I'm going to lose weight. And I went I went the way of more of an Atkins style. And I started eating ribs and this and that and, you know, whatever I could get a hold of that was fat and meat-based. And I shed off 85 pounds in three months. My profile yeah. was great, this and that. I was walking around feeling like I was on top of the world. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take this to the next level. And then I kind of took the, the latest – research as far as nutrition and it was like oh you need to cut your fat i coupled then low fat with high protein and i went to hell i went to shit i mean my my testosterone levels plummeted i you know got bad skin felt like hell lost a bunch of muscle and i didn't all the protein i needed but you know i think i just there's still this fat phobia going around that that needs to be tackled i mean there is you know what I think a lot of people, they don't realize that, you know, like Charles was saying how adaptable the body is. If you eat extremely low-fat diets, you will lose certain enzymatic systems that are involved in, you know, fat metabolism, uh, lipolysis, fat breakdown, things like that, fat oxidation or burning. So removing stuff, and that's one of the things I'm sort of concerned about, again, about unplanned veganism or unplanned or, you know, hasty big changes like any of these things we're talking about is you're lopping off whole sections of the food guide pyramid in a way. And again, people have, there are different food guides around the world. So I'm just saying when you cut out entire blocks, you know, of food groups, types of food, that always makes me worry as a nutritionist because, you know, variety, if there's one word that I could boil down nutrition to, it would probably be variety, right? Because you get a little bit of everything, so you're not missing anything. You're not getting too much of any one thing, you know, so you're not ODing. So whenever you do that, super low carb or super low fat or you eliminate, you know, other parts of, the, of you know, the possibilities of the food guide or whatever, then, man, you know, you've got a plan to do that. It's... It's not good to just jump into that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? You you, you guys, let me throw out one thing here. One benefit, because I I tend to lean toward, you know, omnivorous diets, of course, you know, lots of variety, including meats, because, again, zoochemicals and the quality proteins and satiety value and all this kind of stuff. But one of the things I will say toward a very high fruit and vegetable intake, now we all know that there are the sort of the non-vegetable vegetarians out there, too, you know, that are – not eating whole vegetables, you know, whole fruits. They're, like you were sort of alluding to, they sort of have this uh, pasta with marinara sauce, you know, situation, or they live on corn puffs, you know, or or something like that. But but one of the things, if you are eating tons of fruits and veg that I think is getting more and more attention in the literature is 
the uh, sort of alkalinizing effects. I mean, there is some truth that if you eat lots of alkaline foods, like fruits and vegetables provide, it does nudge up your blood pH, right? Human blood pH is kept in a super tight range. On a 14 scale, we're talking about between 7.35 and 7.45. So tiny range, but eating lots of alkaline foods may actually have an, uh, you know, an anabolic effect, a mild anabolic effect. In fact, Dave Barr and I once discussed what it would be like to start just eating tons of fruits and vegetables and even stuff like, uh, you know, uh, antacids or something. And just uh, just to kind of play with, you know, what kind of gains you might make over the next eight weeks. So I think if, if there's one big benefit, uh, it would be sort of that possibility toward an alkalinizing effect and how, you know, acidic people, again, within a rational range, tend to be catabolic, and, and more alkaline people tend to be more anabolic. It's just the way physiology works, you know. So I, I think that's sort of a neat aspect to the whole fruit and vegetable consumption idea. Yeah. Um, I think, it, I mean, in general, wouldn't you agree? I mean, even meat eaters, you're just not, when I do, like, diet logs for, for kids in my health class, and that I'll go through 15 students and, and not see a single vegetable eaten in a three-day log. Me too. That's it's pretty yep. common, right? So yep. that's obviously, you're talking about all those great benefits that we can have. That's really, the I mean, a, a big push that, that I think needs to be made. It's just the whole foods and everything else. And going back to the vegetarian, I mean, I think your typical kind of spur-of-the-moment vegetarian is going to be the carb-crazy, no, very few whole foods, lots of processed veggie hot dogs, veggie burgers, veggie nuggets, because all, all that shit's out there now. And, I mean, you can you can easily go through that store. It's, it's expensive, but you can get, you can you know, basically whatever you ate before, whether it's a hot dog or burger or a nugget or even, you know, a pepper steak or whatever, they got everything, right, that's, that's made out of God knows what. So um, that's pretty common, I think, with the with the kind of the spur of the moment kind of I'm going veggies, you know, person. You know what, let me ask, let me ask you something quick because, I mean, we're all sort of tyrannosaurs <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> so let, let me get your your perspective on something that, you know, why is it, and again, I might get some heat for this, but I'm just, I'm honestly curious, why is it that, you know, vegan persons, if they're so offended about meat, that they tend to shape everything like meat, right? They they, they make everything look like yeah. meat or taste <laughs> like meat. So if you hate meat, if you hate what it stands for, why are you making everything look like it? Yeah, you know, there's a there was an, actually an article a couple of years ago in, in one of the like the Veg News magazines or something, and it and it was kind of a, a pro and con, like two people, like one person was against it, one person for it. They're like, exactly if you if if the whole thought of eating chicken disgusts you and offends you, then why are you eating chicken nuggets? You know, and you're calling them chicken, spelling it differently, nuggets or or uh, you know. Uh, no, no chicken nuggets or no dogs or whatever you're gonna call them, but yeah, it's true. You know, I've never when I first started doing it, you know, I was doing it kind of pre all that stuff. So the first time a a veggie burger came out, I was like, shit, man, that's cool. I can finally eat something in a bun and that kind of thing. But um, to be honest with you, I, I eat so so little of that stuff, um, and, it, and over the past couple of years, it's just got less and less and less uh, because I, I just kind of sat down and I, and I thought to myself, kind of what you're saying, that I'm just I'm a I'm a vegan and I just don't eat as as much whole veggies and fruits as I should be. And I, when I started doing that, you know, the past couple of years, I I started changing. I I felt different in my training. I felt better. I felt uh, uh, 
my body was changing. Uh, even at 43, I was, I was feeling like I was putting on lean body mass better uh, with the training, staying pretty much the same as it was. So, I, I, you know, I'm a believer in that for sure, and I, and I think that's a, the message that we got to send regardless of whether or not you're you're a flexitarian or a, a vegetarian or whatever it is. I think we just got to eat more of that stuff. But, yeah, that it is kind of funny when you think about how, you know, we've got fake, you know, like a, we've got that stuff, that, you know, at our house as well, you know, the little fake shrimp. And uh-huh. <laughs> chicken and crab and crab meat and you know it's like it's, it's pretty funny and everybody everyone's amazed and I was so impressed when they get that you know you take that 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 wheat meat stuff that gluten and they can make it almost like shredded chicken and everybody's so impressed by that and, oh my god I miss it so much you know and it's one of those things where you know Alan Alan always asked me he's like hey if you were gonna go back tomorrow what what would you eat tomorrow man if you were gonna do it you said screw this that was all wrong I'm going back. I said, man, I'm having four fried eggs on buttered toast, man. I'm just, I'm just going to old school. I just used to love that stuff. And there's really no, and there's absolutely no fake egg out there. You know what I mean? So there's nothing that can even give you that texture in your mouth uh, of, of, of bursting that yolk open. And, and once again, and he's like, see, you're the world's worst vegan. You're talking about how unbelievably great that would taste. And uh, I, I, maybe it's just me. You know, I just don't get, I don't get offended really when people. Uh, you know, kind of come at me for the most part, and I don't, I don't try not to spew my stuff at people, but, but I can appreciate it. You know, I can, I sure can remember it. It's like it was yesterday. You know, I could smell something and, and kind of have that little flashback of the taste of it when I ate it. And um, I'm like, I, I'm like a lot of you. I, I, I still like the smell, and I still, I don't, I don't get turned off at all by looking at that stuff. So, yeah. hey, Phil, <laughs> Phil, do you like take ground meat and shape it into vegetables? <laughs> that's how that's how he gets that's how he gets his veggies. What are you talking about? You know, by the way, I was just going to interject that I uh, went I went to school in uh, Logan, Utah, and of course there was a large LDS population there, and it used to always strike me the same way that they would have faux wine, you know, and faux champagne, and oh, wow. I was like, if you don't believe in that stuff, then why are you, you know, it's 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 the same issue. Yeah. That's what yeah. you get like beef broccoli or something, you know that. Yeah. They can form beef in the broccoli brussels. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I had a statement and then a question to kind of wrap this thing up. I mean, I think a statement that was, I don't remember if it was Lonnie or Berardi that said it, but uh, that we should all eat like vegetarians and then add a bunch of meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good statement. Um, and then I had a question for you, Dose. Um One thing I've seen, you can tell me if this is true or not. Um, you can shed more light on it. You know more about vegetarians and vegans than I do. A lot of the people you see, be it yourself, Tony Gonzalez, Bill Pearl, these guys created very impressive physiques and, and athleticism prior to going vegan or vegetarian. How much easier easier is it um, to say get big, strong, and athletic as as an omnivore, and then make that transition and maintain it? Um, do, do you find do you find it easier, I guess? I mean, how how realistic is it for a vegan or vegetarian to uh to get damn strong? You know, that's I get that. I get I get that from uh at one point last year in training I was like two thirty nine, two forty and I was about ten percent body fat. Right. So people are like and, and and you know, and I'd say, Yeah, you know, vegan diet and they're like, Well yeah, but you weren't always vegan. So you built all that muscle mass and everything else back then. But the, I think the question is how easy is it to maybe maintain 
that level of, of, of say, 200 pounds of lean body mass or 215 pounds of lean body mass, whatever it is. And I don't know if you can, like, I don't know if we can answer that because there's just not enough of us to kind of study and there's no pre-stuff to study. You know what I mean? Because obviously when I was 300 pounds, I was carrying around a lot of lean body mass more than I am now. Um, so it was a, just kind of different, I was a different creature, you know. So I just, just I, I don't know, that, that's a tough question to answer. You know, like Tony Gonzalez has only been doing it for a very short period of time. Exactly. You know, maybe, I mean, he's got pretty good guidance and everything with what he's eating, but but maybe he's maybe he's going to see a negative effect to it down the line. I, I don't know. You know, I would think he probably won't, but yeah. what if he did? You know, we don't we don't know. It's not something that might show up in a year or two, you know. Um, you know, just looking at stuff that he would have, like creatine levels and uh, B12. and I mean, there's, there's, there's things that, that at some point, those are things you have to start thinking about, you know, when you're when you're training at that at that highest level, you know, Hall of Fame kind of NFL stuff. Uh, you know what? Let me let me just interject really quickly because you just brought up something that we talk about in class too. Even in sort of like a freshman one one class, we talk about B12, of course, which is you know real issue with vegans. And people need to realize too that if you just decide to up and go vegan, you know, then uh, you may not have the symptoms of B12 deficiency for years. And it's not likely for you to put two and two together and say, you know, I've got this sort of nerve problem uh, or anemia, you know, megaloblastic anemia or something because I stopped eating animal foods, you know, because it's going to happen years later. Who would put that two and two together unless they knew, you know? And the other thing about that is that because folate, the B vitamin folate is enriched in the food supply. If you eat grains here in the U.S., pasta, bread, etc., then you're getting folate. That'll actually mask that large cell anemia from the B12 deficiency, but it will not correct the eventual nerve damage that could happen, you know, 10 to 20 years down the road. And you would have no idea why you're, you're having neurological problems, and it's because, you know, that B12 is still eroding uh, the lack of B12, rather, is still, you know, sort of eroding your nerves. So, yeah, that's a good point about not knowing until years down the road. So, you got, again, plan it, man. You could talk to a dietitian or something and, and try to plan or get some feedback on this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's it is very interesting stuff because that, that would be things that would show up far down the line. And I think my concern is also, and, I, and maybe you, you can maybe you could speculate even more so than I would, but say if I, you know, I I did it basically at 22 years old, you know, so 43 now, so, you know, you've got 20 years span, but what if you, what if you start going when you're eight years old? What if yeah. you just go vegan at eight? Like, the, does that you know what? You put you at a greater risk? You know, That's for, a great the, point, man, because I'll tell you, one of the things that I think I would be worried about right away with kids is, is the iron, not so much the protein or, you know, certain other things, which you can kind of correct for, but non-heme iron, you know, non-animal source iron is, uh, or I should even say non-meat iron, it's not well absorbed, you know, 5%, 10% maybe, and you can get 30-plus percent absorption out of essentially blood iron, you know. So when Phil pins down an animal on the you know hood of his car and eats it raw, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> there's a lot of protein, but there's also a lot of iron, and kids need iron to grow, uh, you know, more than adult men. So that's a great point about other populations. So you've got to be – really careful just getting excited about something and not just applying it to yourself. But, God, if you apply it to your kids, again, kids need calories. Kids need iron, you know, so careful there. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I just think it'd be interesting because, I mean, I can't help but notice that most of the people that vegans and whatnot champion as, look at this stud. I mean, they've they've all transformed after the fact, largely. It'd be neat to see a population of somebody to start when they were 10 or 12 and and see what they create. Um, it's true. That's a good point, Phil, because I've always thought it, it takes heroic effort to sort of break new ground and put on new masks. But it doesn't take nearly the effort to maintain what you've got. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, so I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'd say we ended. Uh, Dose, I I want to thank you. It's been a great talk, and it's nice to hear yeah, somebody that's you know I get stealing something from from a news channel, fair and balanced, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, you went there. Nice. <laughs> you been, have you been? Have you been seeing my anti Fox posts over there? Me and me and Charles used to always kind of poke poke at me and throw things at me on Facebook about going to eat some kind of animal tonight or something. But I, you know, like I, said, I, just, I, I think it's funny stuff, man. I think it's, uh, it's you know, we each do what we do, and, uh, hey, man, more power to you. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I think it's good to get get both sides and just out to everybody, and it was a good discussion. So um, we'll do right it again. On. I was talking about having one coming up with a bunch of nutritionists, so I'll give you a ring, and maybe you can chime in on that one too. Absolutely. Good deal, guys. Thanks for having me. Great topic. Thank you, Doug. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot, everybody. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also, seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.